Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 7D energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy December. Seriously, how the heck is it the last month of 2022 already? This year absolutely flew by, but I've had such an expansive year and We're in Sagittarius season, which I am so happy about. I'm a Sagittarius moon sign and I feel very much in my element these days. I also feel like I'm getting my mojo back for recording solo episodes. Um, I'm really enthusiastic about today's topic, career shifts. Um, Okay, so earlier this week, today is Thursday, so this was Monday. Okay, I know I'm like a very enthusiastic person. I'm very enthusiastic about topics around self-confidence, self-worth, brain rewiring, creating your future, um, shifting narratives, and just changing your life for the better. Being empowered to design your life. No pun intended. But earlier this week, um, someone I'm friends with, we went to college together, we took a lot of classes together in economics and accounting. We actually live in the same city for a few years working for different accounting firms. Actually, now I think about it, she lived literally down the street from me. But because we were so busy with work, we did not meet up as often as we would like. But anyways, this person messaged me saying, do you ever regret that you switched to your field? Like... You know how I have been lost all these years? I'm still lost, lol. And I felt at one point, maybe I should just accept my destiny and do accounting job forever as long as the pay is not bad and I can live. Damn, like nothing boils my blood more. Because while entrepreneurship is not for everyone, not everyone needs a career shift, but no one is meant to sit at a nine to five that just absolutely drains their soul. Like you did not come here to live a mediocre life, period, the end. And I deeply feel her pain when she asks this question. We have talked about this topic for a few times over the last year. And I absolutely understand just how fucking frustrating it is to have to wake up every single day to show up at a job that drains you, that so clearly just feels out of alignment for you. But trust me, I really do understand. I was there for so many years and every day I would just look at the clock so many times feeling like the day was so slow but also so fast. Like I couldn't wait to get out of there. I would look forward to the weekend. I lived for the weekend but when Sundays would roll around, I would get Sunday scaries and then Monday blues. It was just a fucking drag and that is no way to live. And I understand like whatever career you have, there are meant to be challenges but 
It's important that we struggle for the right things. That we choose our struggles. Like I struggle these days, loving my job, loving my business. I'm struggling for the right things because I know it's gonna be worth it. But back in the day, when I was really frustrated in my career, I didn't see the struggle ending. I just like I didn't even want to be promoted because I'm like, well, I'm just gonna like have more responsibilities that I dread. And I just didn't see an end to things. I didn't see things getting better, and that is very discouraging. I absolutely understand how it feels like to be crippled by fear, like knowing you're the only one who can make a change, but like not knowing how to go about it, feeling overwhelmed every time you even just like entertain the thought. Not everyone who is unhappy with their current situation in career has to make a massive career shift. Sometimes it's just going to a different team, going to a different department, changing something about your current position. It can just be going to a different company. It can be you maybe like cut back the hours in your current job and you pick up a side hustle doing something you truly, truly love. Your career is long. Don't feel like the next move you're going to make is going to just like be the end all, be all. Again, your career is so long. Know that just making things ten percent better is going to just make you feel completely differently. So I don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed by this episode. I understand that not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody wants to, but I do want people to know that what you desire also desires you. Like I want you to take this in as truth. Maybe right now it feels too good to be true, but just be open to internalizing it as truth. Because life is so much better when you operate on this belief. All right, so what you desire also desires you, and you know this current job you might be in right now that you don't love. Maybe you loved it like three years ago. Maybe you felt like you were winning at life, but now it's just not doing it for you. That is because you. Are ready for your higher calling, and I know sometimes making shifts in career can feel so fucking scary, right? Because it's like our source of income is tied to our survival, and it is so tempting to brush those thoughts off by drinking alcohol, watching Netflix, smoking weed, whatever your vice is. For me. Um, it used to be working out. Like I would work out so much because I thought I was doing something constructive. I thought, okay, well, I'm working out, so I'm like doing something for myself. But actually, I was just like avoiding, you know, thinking about my career. What's the next move I wanted to make? Because I was so fucking scared. And while it is so tempting to settle in your comfort zone. Like, huh? Maybe I will just do accounting forever. Maybe I'll just be in this job forever because it pays okay, and I can continue this lifestyle. Please, 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 don't settle for comfort. Like, not every day you have to go out of your comfort zone. But let's be fucking real here. Settling feels actually pretty fucking uncomfortable. There's this term these days called quiet quitting. I was just talking to somebody about this. Quiet quitting is actually very toxic. From what I understand, it means somebody is at their job; they're doing the bare minimum because they're so unhappy. This is actually detrimental for one's self confidence. Like no one wants to show up 
every day with so much reluctance, doing the bare minimum. When this becomes your norm, you forget your gifts. Like you forget how you were once such a creative person. You were personable. You were great with people. You wanted to lead. Like you start to lose touch with those qualities. And it's gonna be so scary when you go look for a different job, when you try to make a career shift, because you just are so used to mediocrity, and you see other people killing it in a job that they love and really having big success. It feels really uncomfortable knowing you are not doing the same for yourself because you're settling every day in your comfort zone, and also everything you are manifesting. Is outside of your comfort zone. Everything you're calling in requires a bigger version of you. Everything you want is in the unknown. It requires you to get uncomfortable. And okay, like I'm obviously very fired up about this. That's why I'm doing this podcast episode on my own career shift. I know no one's journey is going to look the same, but hopefully this will offer some expansion. Um, in this episode, we'll definitely cover how I found my calling. Again, this is my experience. You can take my tips in finding your own calling. I'm going to share the step-by-step process of getting ready to jump off the cliff. In quotes, how I crush self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Let's be honest, we all struggle with this, and how to call in clients that feel like soulmates. This one just. Overwhelms me with gratitude. When my friend asked me, "Do I ever regret switching to this field?" I literally feel like I'm buzzing with just great energy, with gratitude, with inspiration every time I get off a Zoom call because I genuinely look forward to seeing my clients. I love each and every one of them, and this wasn't always the case, but. You can definitely call in clients that feel like soulmates, that feel like real friends, and this just makes my work so much more fulfilling.、Um, so I'm going to share more around that later in this episode.、Um, a lot of you also send in questions via Instagram, so I will cover those as I go through those topics, and if I don't get to them. I will DM you personally about it. Maybe this is very individual specific, but I will do my best to address those questions. All right, this one I'm enthusiastic, but is also going to be very real and raw. <sighs> okay, let's get started. So, how did I find my calling? Just to summarize, so basically, I was working in public accounting, and I. Like young Sandy thought that was going to be the end all be all of my career. I wanted to work in this field. I wanted to make partner. This is how I'm going to make love money and be really successful. But very early on in my career, I realized that this isn't going to do it for me. I would look at people who were more senior than I was, people who were at the top of the field, and I would just feel like. Good for you, but I don't want this for me. Like this doesn't inspire me to work harder. Like this doesn't inspire me at all. So I started freaking out. Like, well, shit. What am I supposed to do then? 
I spent more time freaking out than actually seeking out what I wanted to do next. It's almost like an ego death, like this thing I had wanted for years that I was so determined in that my parents were proud of me for is not my thing. And freaking out and being scared is actually part of the process. So don't feel like you have to immediately go into searching mode. Allow yourself to be lost. Give yourself some grace. Know that this is part of the process. And you know what's pretty fucking magical about your higher calling? You are not the only one that is seeking out your higher calling. Your calling is also seeking you. Like if you're figuring out your next step, please be mindful not to be a perfectionist. Like your life is long, your career is long. The next step you're going to take is likely not going to be the end all be all, but it will be a bridge to your next step. If somebody today tells you your purpose in this lifetime, what it is, what exactly you're meant to do, you probably won't understand. You probably will be like, that is not me. Like that is overwhelming. That is definitely not my purpose. So you are going to be presented to your next thing that will lead you to the thing after. Um, so going back to my own example, I was working in public accounting. I got really into holistic health and nutrition. I got a health coach certification thinking I was going to be a health coach, helping people with their nutrition and fitness goals. And that was cool for a while, but then because of my own personal struggling, I wanted to learn more about myself. I got into human design because I wanted to understand myself better. I picked up a training during you know March 2020 when I just wanted to do something for me. I was following my curiosity. And because that just resonates so deeply, I wanted to tell everyone I knew about their human design because it was empowering for me. I thought maybe it would be empowering for them too. Um, I quickly realized, wow, like if I wanted to have my own business, I really needed to fix my abundance mindset because I was living so deeply in scarcity. I needed to shift my brain and I got into brain rewiring. And then my mentor was doing a brain rewiring coaching certification. And I was like, wow, that is something I need to do. And that's what I'm doing now. And then I got into energy healing because I was like, you know, receiving it from my mentor. I was like, wow, this is life changing. I need to get into this too. So, you know, it went from tax accounting to holistic health and nutrition to human design to now brain rewiring and energy healing. And if you had told tax accountant CPA Sandy that she was going to be an energy healer, she would fucking laugh at your face because she did not believe in that stuff. She had her energy healing for the first time and she did not even know what a chakra was. So the universe, your spirit guides, your higher self is putting things in order for you. You are on your highest timeline. Like everything is happening in divine timing and we have to approach this whole thing around finding your calling with curiosity and openness. One thing that's really going to shift things for you is stop saying, I don't know. It is so tempting to be like, I don't know. 
and we're just like dodging responsibility because if we knew the answer is always within us, then we have to do something about it. So a lot of people be like, I don't know. Well, when you say, I don't know, you're pushing the answer away. Again, the universe is like, hey, follow your curiosity. Hey, follow your excitement. Do you like this? Do you like that? And by saying, I don't know, we're basically pushing away the answer. Like if you don't know, then who does? Who aside from you is supposed to fucking know, right? So always, always remember that you have the answer within you and you can shift out of saying, I don't know by saying, I don't know right now, or clarity is unfolding. Just stop saying, I don't know and leave it at that. And I know this sounds kind of basic and it really is that simple. When you are trying to find your calling, it really is one thing after another. Again, like you're not going to deli- be delivered the whole answer at once because you just won't understand it. Um, follow your curiosity, follow your excitement. Know that when it is the right next thing, there's just going to be magnetism. You are going to feel the energy from the core. So even if you look at this thing that's like really drawing your attention, you're like, I don't know how this is supposed to be my calling. Just make time for this, like integrate it even just a little bit in your life. Like I looked into human design because I felt so stuck. Maybe this chart was going to show me something. And that led to becoming a human design reader and coach that led to working with so many lovely human beings. You just never know what's going to happen when you follow your curiosity and excitement. Maybe it's not a new job. Maybe it is the right people who are going to connect you to the right job or a mentor or just a new community that is going to expand what you know is possible for you. So again, when it comes to finding your calling, it's just being open and curious. And you know, like I describe how my career went from, you know, text to holistic health, to human design, to brain rewiring and energy healing. Like, it takes bravery to change your trajectory. For example, when I was sharing more holistic health information on Instagram and to my clients talking about, you know, exercise and food and nutrition, wellness, people were interested. Like everyone has to like eat, sleep and exercise. So there was definitely a market for it. But when I got into human design, I was like, wow, not everyone is going to be into this. Some people might think I went fucking psycho. And that was like a really scary shift. I didn't know if people were going to resonate with me. Um, But I knew if I kept sharing holistic health information, you know, I, there was no magnetism anymore. There was no excitement. I didn't want to post. I didn't want to talk about it. So you'll know when something has expired. And you'll know from your core, like what is next, if you're open to the answer. So again, follow your excitement and curiosity, be open to what unfolds and stop saying, I don't know. All right, let's move on to the step-by-step process to jump off the cliff. All right, I say step-by-step, but as appropriate in this episode, I don't want to make it super long. 
If you have any questions, you want tips around this for yourself,、um, this is so individualized. Just DM me. All right, I am an open book.、Um, all right, so when it comes to jumping off the cliff, in quotes, in quotes, because I don't think anybody should make a move that just completely feels premature. Okay, I talk about taking empowered action a lot. This is. Getting out of your comfort zone. This is taking a leap of faith, but this is actually an action that you take when you feel nervous and excited at the same time. So don't jump off the cliff if you just feel nervous. Like, how am I supposed to fucking do this? But I guess I'm jumping off the cliff. That is going to hurt.、Um, the combination of feeling nervous and excited is a really good sweet spot to be. This is where you feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I have a lot to learn. I know what resources to look out for, where I can seek the right support. I know I can figure it out with grace. And yeah, you feel nervous, but honestly, any sort of empowered action, you're going to feel some level of nerves. I would say a good spot to be is. Maybe sixty-five to seventy percent excited, and the rest nervous. All right, so I really do like the idea of starting your thing as a side hustle while you keep your full-time job or have another portal of income, because you know your side hustle, your business. This is your. Baby, like you want to nurture your business baby from a place of abundance, not rush, not desperation. Having that full time job income come in gives you a sense of like, hey, we don't have to rush, we don't have to be desperate. And you know, when you are creating out of desperation, it is just not a good time. While you work your full time job, make room for your side hustle. Make room for this business baby you want to flourish. So that means having stricter boundaries around your social calendar. Maybe you block out like three hours on a Saturday to work on your side hustle, whether that is working on a certification. Designing, playing around with new ideas for a product you want to bring out to the world—you know, just like things you want to do for that business of yours—you have to make time for it. You have to put it on your calendar. You okay? So, like when I was working full time and trying to work on my side hustle, I. Did not know about this. I'll be like, yeah, this Saturday I'm just gonna do a lot of work on my business. But then when Saturday rolls around, I would think about it, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna go brunch with this person and go to yoga, and then I will work on my business for the rest of the day. There was very little structure, and structure around investing in your side hustle is going to be critical for your success. There needs to be consistency. It can be very tempting to be like, "Oh, I'll work on it all weekend," but you might actually work on it all weekend and not work on it at all for the next week. Like, there needs to be consistency. You need to really look at your calendar realistically and determine how many hours a week can you put into your business, baby. If that's two hours on a Sunday, let that be enough, and you can build from there. This is serious business. If you're choosing to work on your business 
on Sunday at 10 a.m. You need to go to bed early on Saturday evening. You need to prepare for this. This is like working a job. We're not fucking around here. We need to honor this. Put it on your calendar. If it's two hours, so be it. If it's three hours, great. So don't rush. I hear a lot of people saying they are at their full-time job with like another browser open to work on their business. No. You're gonna feel like you're not doing a good job on either and that's very discouraging. When you work on your full-time job, give it your all. When you work on your side business, give it your all. When you put in two hours of work with your full attention, that is so impactful. That is going to take you further than five hours of half-ass work. And I always tell people, I really wish I enjoyed the side hustle phase of my business more. This is where you really get to build from a place of abundance. You get to really build your confidence. You get to test out the waters, what works, what doesn't. Like really have fun in this phase. Like there is like, again, like it's like raising a kid. You would never ask your kid, why aren't you taller like why aren't you growing fast enough like you want to nurture this kid every step of the way um okay another point i want to make is have support and accountability this might look like hiring a mentor hiring a business coach having a therapist support goes a very long way when you are you know starting this venture okay like business is super triggering it brings up our insecurity it brings up our money issues. Like, this is going to trigger the fuck out of you. Um, having support and accountability is going to save you years of struggling. I really wish I had hired a business coach sooner because I was very deep in scarcity mindset. I didn't think my thing was important enough to invest money in, like hiring a business coach. And I was just like trying to figure it out on my own. And honestly, I hired a business coach eventually. And just being in a supportive, expansive container just shifted my energy as an entrepreneur. I actually started to take my business seriously. And another thing is when we invest in ourselves and our business, we are showing the universe like, this is the real deal. We're not fucking around. We are directing our energy where we want to go. So I'm using my money to energize my business. Like being an entrepreneur, having this thing succeed is the outcome that I am energizing. Okay, uh, let's talk about money. Again, um, when we make a career shift, starting our business, money can be very very triggering like let's be honest so I definitely recommend having plenty of savings set aside so you would continue working on your full-time job and set aside savings for you know for when you quit if that is what you want have enough money to cover you for at least six months again this will allow you to build your business from a place of a abundance we never want to feel like wow we have like no money i don't know how i'm going to afford living for the next month we don't want to create from a place of desperation 
I know six months of saving can feel discouraging because it's like, well, that's a lot. Well, again, you're not just saving up and waiting around. You're developing your skills as an entrepreneur. You're cultivating your skills in whatever it is that you're going to do. You're building your confidence. You're working on your abundance mindset. You are training. You're in training. Like a lot of things are happening right now. So please, 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 whether you save this amount of money through your income or you have support from family or whatever, like have money set aside to cover you for at least six months. You can obviously make lifestyle switches. Where can you cut expenses? This is not scarcity mindset. It is prioritizing what matters to you the most. So I did downgrade my living space. And trust me, like I went from a luxurious two-bedroom apartment that I just adored to renting a room from my friend's townhouse. That was like a major ego death moment. I wasn't stoked about it. But I knew it was the right thing. I was saving $1,000 a month. It felt good because I had my priorities straightened out. And it just felt like a burden was lifted because paying that much money in rent actually felt like I was slowing myself down. I'll be honest, I whined about it for a while. It fucking sucked. Doing the right thing doesn't always feel like flowers and rainbows. So look at your current expenses. Where are you willing to budge? I for sure was not willing to cut down expenses on food. Like quality food really matters to me. Instead of paying more rent, I was putting that money into business coaching, into my own self-development, into more certifications that were going to support my business. And, you know, to give myself more wiggle room to breathe and raise my business baby from a place of abundance. So... This six month saving thing, don't let it discourage you. Like your career pivot, your starting a successful business isn't going to happen overnight. Um, do what feels good to you. If you want to save up for a whole year, by all means, go for it. But again, like this jumping off the cliff thing, it should feel like a nerve-sided moment. Nerve-sided as in nervous and excited is a really beautiful place to be and do not rush. Someone did send a question about money. So she by no means wants to go back to her nine to five. She wants to be 100% working on her business. But because of finances, she needs to pick up a different job and she is not excited about that okay i can feel this comment is coming out from ego and this is not a bad thing those feelings are very valid it kind of sucks it can feel like you're moving backwards but i assure you there's nothing wrong with it you're still moving forward you're still on the right path Allow yourself to feel the frustration like, fuck, I need to pick up a different job. Let yourself feel that, get fucking angry. When you get that emotion out of your system, look at how maybe picking up another job right now is the best thing for your business. Because again, we don't want to 
build our business from a place of desperation. When we're desperate, you are settling for the wrong clients. You are gonna come off salesy and desperate, and people can feel that, and that is not magnetic. Also, think about what are your options. This job you're considering picking up, that you don't really want to pick up, is this the only option? Can you work somewhere else for someone who is more expansive, somewhere that gets you more excited, somewhere you don't dread being? Sometimes we might feel like、oh, this is our only option, but you know, feel your frustrations and then take a broader look at what are your options right here, and also know that perhaps by picking up this other job, this is the best thing to do for your business for the time being. And if you don't like it, you can always quit. Like nothing is set in stone. And、um, personally, I have picked up a couple of part-time jobs after I make the full pivot into entrepreneurship. I was not very clear on what the next step for my business was. I was feeling kind of stagnant, and I just needed something else to like get me out of my funk, so I could, you know. Get gain clarity without feeling super stressed out about money.、Um, I worked for my mentor for a little bit. That was a fun job. I got better at creating social media content. I got more comfortable in engagement. I was promoting an offering she had back in the day, and this is actually like an. A very expansive experience because I really trusted what she had created, and I really liked telling people about how amazing it was and how it was going to transform their lives and their businesses. And while I was doing that, I realized, wow, this is the energy I have to be about when promoting my own offers. So I really did appreciate that experience. I also picked up a pure bar job where I would sell memberships.、Um, this was at a studio that I was regularly going to as a member. I love the community, and I just like being there. I like talking to people, and. That just made me feel very abundant, you know. Working virtually, even though I love seeing my clients over Zoom, I just needed that social in-person connection. So that was also really good for me for a while. So yeah, if you already a full-time entrepreneur, but you at some stage feel like you need to pick up a different job to feel more secure financially. This is not a bad thing. I actually highly encourage it. Through working those jobs, you never know who you're gonna meet, what skills you're going to build that will be relevant for your business. All right,、um, let's move on to crushing self doubt and imposter syndrome. Okay, so feeling those feelings is a very very normal part of expansion. Again, whatever you're manifesting. Is asking you to expand. Is going to feel uncomfortable. You're gonna be like, "Can I actually do this?" I'll be very honest. The first few clients I ever worked with, I didn't know if I could actually be helpful for them. There are so many coaches out there who are maybe more experienced. They had more following. Like you know, maybe my clients should go work with those people. Like why me? You know what I mean. So every time you ask why me, I want you to 
Yeah, like entertain yourself out, right? But also, when you're done with that, ask yourself, why not me? And then go ahead and make a list of all of your accomplishments and reasons why people should work with you. Don't be shy about this. Like no one is ever going to see it. You're the only one who is going to see it. And just let this exercise show your consciousness, show your subconscious why you are more than qualified to show up to do whatever it is that you're doing. Because again, like what you desire also desires you. And also know, like, yeah, there are a lot of people who do similar things that you do. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yes, it can feel intimidating when the market just feels really saturated. But trust, if this feels in alignment to you, like the universe is not going to leave you hanging. It's not going to let you, you know, make the career shift, make the investment, do the work, and then leave you with no business. It's not going to leave you with no opportunities. It's not going to take you this far and then not carry you all the way through. When you're just starting, yes, you're going to be like, is this good enough? Can I do this? Your first course, your first podcast, your first book, whatever you create is going to, it's not actually going to suck, but it's not going to be perfect. You are going to be nervous as fuck when you put those things out. But when you look back at those things you put out, you know, three months down the line, a year down the line, you're going to be so grateful that you started, that you were brave enough to put it out in the world anyways. And you're going to be like, wow, what I put out before, that was so cute. I've come so far. I kid you not, when I look back at the first brain rewiring program, you know, version one of the program I put together, I cringe so hard. I feel like, wow, you really was like overthinking it. But my clients at the time still got a lot out of it. Another thing to try when you're building that confidence as a business owner is to ask the universe to show you that you can make a difference. Like, okay, I want to just be really honest here, but I still sometimes feel like everyone's got their lives figured out. Everyone understands brain rewiring and mindset work. No one really needs my services, right? But oh my god, I I could not be more wrong. Um, the universe is going to send people and opportunities your way. It's not going to let you make a big commitment and keep you hanging, right? Like we already talked about this. So make the request. Ask the universe to send you the right clients who really are going to help you build confidence in what you do. Earlier this year, 2022, I really was telling the universe, like, stop fucking around. Like, send me the people that I really can help. Like, I just really needed to feel like I was doing something right. Ever since then, I also made a commitment to myself that I was only going to work with people that felt right. So no settling for red flag clients. And honestly, ever since then, I just am amazed by the space I can actually hold for someone's transformation. Similar to the way I felt when I started business coaching with my previous mentor, it was like, wow, once I was in this person's container, I just felt expanded. Like 
this is now what I can do for the clients I work for, and it's just the most amazing feeling. When it comes to overcoming self doubt and imposter syndrome, so know that the universe is supporting you. You have to just get uncomfortable and do it anyway. Know that the version two of what you're going to put out, the version three, they're going to be so much better than the version one, and that is just inevitable.、Um, but on top of that, also look into inner child wounds. Where you have shame, where you have fear of being seen, fear of being heard, a lot of times we hide, we doubt ourselves because of childhood wounds that are actually, you know, when you really like look into those, really journal on those, they're like trivial events and experiences, but they really like hit you hard. In a big way, and is really affecting how you think, act, and feel as an adult, especially with like fear of being seen. We are our own worst critic. We sometimes can feel like, okay, if I go live on Instagram, if I put out a post on, you know, sharing like a personal story, people are really going to laugh and judge me. But in reality, people are really impressed by how you are sharing so bravely for being vulnerable. But like our brains, in from like a survival mode, scarcity place is like wow. Like if I put myself out there, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to get laughed at, and it is a trauma response. Look into the experiences in your childhood that you actually were ridiculed, and really look at the facts. Really honor how you feel. I'm not going to talk about inner child work in. Length in this podcast, but just know limiting beliefs around, you know, imposter syndrome, self doubt, fear of being seen, heard, all of that can be worked through. And every successful business owner does some sort of self development work that includes inner child work. In fact, something like brain rewiring and mindset work is like absolutely. Crucial for business owners. Like before my business, self development just felt like a hobby. But once I got into business, it's like wow, I cannot not do this. All right, just to wrap up, imposter syndrome and self doubt, how to overcome those things. Know for a fact that you are meant to do this. Like again, what you desire also desires you. Um, if you are open to the idea, I really suggest working with the consciousness of your business. This is actually pretty critical. So your business is not you. Your business is an extension of you. So it's like you are you, and your business is is you know an extension of you, and you guys are working together. It is a partnership. You might feel like, wow, we're not making progress fast enough, and we need to put this offer out there. This needs to happen right now. But your business also has its own opinions and what it thinks is best. And by you working with your business's consciousness, your business is just going to work more harmoniously. If you haven't noticed, I keep saying. To not rush the growth of your business. When I looked into, you know, 
working with the business consciousness, I realized like, wow, I treat my business the way my parents treated me, and I actually don't agree with some of the things they did, hoping to like motivate me, like. I see this in a lot of people. Their parents shame them for not doing well enough, hoping they would be motivated to do better. You and your business's consciousness—it's like a marriage. Like you need to check in with your partner. You know, check in how they're doing. Maybe you feel like you want to put out an offer. How does the business consciousness feel about this offer? There needs to be communication. Check in with how the business is feeling. A common thing I see in business owners is, yeah, they are like mission-driven business owners. They're like here to help people, but maybe they're newer in their business and they need to build confidence. Maybe they have an avoidant relationship with looking at like their finances, or you know, like it's scary being a new entrepreneur and. They are subconsciously afraid of their business, and this is devastating because if you're afraid of your business, how is this partnership supposed to thrive? So I think husband and wife, like if they're afraid of each other, how are they supposed to flourish as a couple? So if you're open to the idea, definitely think about working with the consciousness of your business. If you need more resources around this, just DM me on Instagram. I'll be happy to share. All right. <laughs> Last but not least, this episode is getting pretty extensive. Calling in your soulmate clients. Okay, so it's kind of like dating, right? At first, you think you know who you want to work with and what opportunities you want. As you get clients, as you work with people, as you encounter different opportunities, you determine like your preferences. What are your non-negotiables, right? When I was a new business owner, I wanted to work with everybody. Like I would look at people and I'll think, yeah, technically I can help them. Am I excited? Are we a good fit? Um. I am not so sure, and I did work with people who weren't good fits. Like when we hopped on discovery calls, I just knew if we work together, it's gonna be a pain. Yes, when we work with our soulmate clients, whom we're excited to work with, who we are excited to see every single week, it's just different. Okay, it's just better, and it fulfills you. But how do we call them in? All right, so. You know, you probably have some ideas about who you want to work with, where they live, how old they are, what occupations do they have, what problems are they really looking to solve, what are their pain points, what keeps them up at night, how do they want to feel, what changes are they desperate to make, are those people ready to work with you? So get as specific as possible and. Just ask the universe. Like, don't be wishy-washy. The more specific you can get, the better. Because when you're being wishy-washy, the universe can only send you wishy-washy. 
Um, so for me, I really want to work with people who are committed to the process, who are ready for this work, who are going to send me Voxer messages throughout the week to share their wins, to ask questions. I want people to be happy and excited for our calls. I want people to prioritize this. And obviously I want people who can pay for my services because, okay, like, Obviously, my business is very like purpose-driven, but I also need to get paid. When you get clear on this avatar of a soulmate slash ideal client, you need to look at yourself. Are you a match for this person? Like if you are looking to work with a woman who is 40 years old, she's very successful in her career she makes like 250k a year she's always busy she has limited time are you an energetic match for this type of client would they respect you as a service provider are you able to hold space for this type of person so you need to look at yourself to see if you're a match are you open to receive okay open Nuts to receive is critical. So you might be like, yeah, I want to work with 20 clients. But if you're always busy, you're overwhelmed with what you have to do throughout the week, and you look at your schedule, you can not fit in more than three clients, then you're only going to call in three clients max. Do you have space to hold for others? Or are you constantly stressed and overwhelmed? As a business owner, like energy management is so, so, so important. So you need to look at where you need to create space. How can you create space? What is currently taking up space that is actually draining your energy? And we need to expand our capacity to receive as well. All right, this episode is so long already. Maybe we'll do a part two to this. Um... Okay, but I do want to get to some of the questions I received that I have not covered so far. So somebody asked, how do I know if I'm choosing the right decision? You know, sometimes we need to make the wrong decision to make better decisions in the future. Know that whatever decision you make, you cannot fuck it up. You cannot fuck up your life, period, the end. Will you sometimes look back and wish you chose differently it? Definitely, 100%. Being good at making decisions is actually a skill, especially for business owners. Honestly, for everybody, I will actually look at your human design authority type. But when it comes to making the quote-unquote right decision, you can only do your best with the information you have. But I would say the best way to make decisions is to make decisions out of abundance like choosing from an abundant empowered place instead of making decisions and choosing out of scarcity like in the moment when you make the decision do you feel like you're contracting or are you expanding do you feel excited about your decision or do you feel like you are choosing to stay in your comfort zone and again, you cannot fuck up your life. Like whatever decision you make in the moment, you are making the right decision. Like if you think you quote unquote made a mistake, there's going to be more opportunities to choose differently down the line. 
So again, nothing is set in stone. You can always choose differently down the line. Another question I want to address specifically is somebody asked how to know when it's your calling versus your ego. Okay, so in the self-development spirituality space, there's a lot of talk about, you know, your soul and your ego. Your ego is by no means a bad thing. When your soul's calling overlaps with your ego, like that's a really sweet spot to be. And like ideally we are over there. If they're, you know, on very different pages, like your soul wants one thing, your ego wants another, then it's like, all right, how do we like minimize the gap? A lot of times our ego wants to choose out of what it knows and out of safety. We almost have to like nurture our egos and your ego is almost like your overprotective best friend. Like every time you want to like do something a little crazy, a little out of your comfort zone, your ego is like, are you sure? Like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Are you sure we can do this? Your ego is very protective of you. And we almost have to like reassure the ego, like, hey, this is the worst case scenario. Like, how likely is that actually going to happen? We need to let the ego know that we are actually really safe to get out of your comfort zone. So when it comes to ego versus your soul's calling, I would just say which one feels like the more abundant decision. So going back to making decisions out of abundance versus scarcity, that is just going to go a very, very long way. And you don't have to feel like, you know, in the event you, cho you choose out of your ego, you're missing out on something because you know that saying, what is meant for you will not miss you. So let's say you did choose out of ego. Your soul's calling is going to circle back again when you're more ready to hear it, when you're more ready to follow it, it's going to come back again and again and again until you follow it. So again, what is meant for you will not miss you. All right, this episode is almost an hour long and hopefully this is expansive and helpful for you. Let me know, DM me on Instagram your thoughts. If you have further questions, if you want to chat more about this, I am so enthusiastic about this topic. And again, happy December. December and Sagittarius season in general just feels like expansion and endless possibilities, being playful and entertaining new things, getting out of your comfort zone, but in like a playful way. Honestly, don't take life so seriously. Today, I saw a meme on Instagram. So like one side is like this guy who is like really miserable. He's saying like, oh, life has no meaning. And on the other side is like this very optimistic person. And this person is thinking, wow, life has no meaning. So almost like approach life as if it doesn't have meaning. How playful would it be? Like how adventurous would you be? Would you let yourself be more open and curious instead of being like, well, this has to happen my way. So again, uh, happy December. Hope you all have a fabulous weekend and I will talk to you in the next episode.